I hope you had a good missions week on our week off last week. And um, welcome back. We've got, this is our next to the last in the series on learning to lean. This is our um, 16th week. And today we're going to look again at leaning through prayer. We're doing that little thing that we do. We've got a little mini series going within our series on learning to lean. And we've been studying the life of Paul. And you don't have to read very far in the New Testament to find Paul's writing. And you don't have to read very far in Paul's writing to find a prayer. So much of what he did was pray. And his letters are full of prayers. And last week, we we looked previously in this series at the Ephesians 1 prayer, which I thought was just spectacular. And it talked about um, that God would flood the eyes of our soul with light so that we would know him. And the power that's ours in him, which is the power of the indwelling Christ and the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that lives lives within us and so then he goes on and he writes a little bit about all the things God's done for us he's he's taken that first half of the chapter one to talk about all these riches and treasures that God has for us who belong to him and so he's just can't get over how great they are and hopefully we can't get over how great they are uh, and then he launches into this prayer that we would know the depth of that that our eyes would be flooded with light that we would see that I mean that we've just got this spectacular inheritance and so then he writes a little bit in chapter two about all those things that he just prayed about and then he launches off again in chapter three to start this prayer and we looked at it last lesson the first half of it and I learned the hard way that don't try to do Paul's uh, paragraphs in one lesson because it's really hard to do (laughs) it's too much there so we're going to take another um, swipe at this Ephesians 3 prayer remembering that the first two things that we learned about it were first of all that um, God has he doesn't want us to be in the dark that he wants us to have light, and that he wants us not to lose heart. And that how can we not lose heart? Well, we can not lose heart because we have the indwelling Christ and we have that inner strength that the Holy Spirit provides for us. So those were the first two main things that he he prays is that we would know that. And so let's just read over this entire prayer and then let's look at two or three more things that Paul prays. Because I think if we will really, um, if, if God will answer this prayer, and I believe he will, the prayer that Paul's praying, that I think we should just turn into a prayer and pray for ourselves and for each other, is that if, if God will and does answer this prayer, that will, that it's going to be amazing how much leaning we're going to be able to do. So here we go. Ephesians three fourteen through 20 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So that is the prayer and I think 
if we will pray that, if we will ask, that was one of my words for this year, and it was my word like three years ago, and I'm, I'm really enjoying doing a lot more asking in this season while we're studying prayer. It's just starting to ask, well, Lord, I, okay, you're saying you want to give me some inner strength? I could use some of that. I'm asking for it today. I need it today. Thank you very much, Lord, that you prom- basically promised that you're going to give it to me. And um, I think each time that we have that fresh, even if it's just that little daily dose of God's strength or little daily dose of whatever it is we've asked for that he's already told us he wants to give us, that we're going to be, we're just, what we're doing is taking the next step on that path that he has for us, leaning on him, and that it will make us more and more at home with him. Because he's, that's what he just said. He said that, you know, we would know him, that he's at home in our hearts. He's dwelling within us. And I want, don't you want guests in your home to feel at home? You know, and, and so how much more then will we want God to feel at home? And, and, and probably the barrier then is on our side of then us feeling at home with him. But he, he really wants to. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty amazing. And so Paul is just saying, you know, as you experience him, as he becomes more, more at home in your heart and in your life, in your day-to-day, then that trust relationship and leaning is just going to be happening because of the relationship that y'all have, that your relationship's growing more intimate. And so what he's been saying and what we've kind of said pretty much throughout this series for the entire two semesters is this, is that Paul's goal in life was to know God. He wanted to not, he just wanted to know about him. He spent the first half of his life knowing about God. He knew all the Bible verses that there were to know in his day. He knew who wrote them, when they wrote them, what circumstances they wrote him in, what battle they were fighting, what king was reigning. He knew all that stuff, but he didn't know God until he met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and it changed everything, and he knew it. And some of us, I hate to say, I mean, I'll just point at myself. I was very much like Paul in the first half of my life. I knew a whole lot of Bible verses. I didn't know Jesus very well. And that has been my heartbeat for the last 25 years is that people would know that they could really know our Lord in a very intimate way. And so let's read Paul's, let's say, life mission, for a better word, or his vision statement for life, you might say. And Philippians 3.10, we looked at this on week two, but I think it really informs how we pray. And he says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. So you kind of start hearing in Paul this thing. If you think about everything we've studied about him and what these scriptures he's written that the Holy Spirit has inspired for him to write and that God wants us to know and wants us to have for our life on this earth, it's about knowing him. It's about doing life in relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing that Paul is writing about God's love. So he's saying, I want you to know 
the love of God. I don't want you to just know that God is love. I don't want you to just know the song, Jesus loves me. I don't want you to just know the verse. You know, I want you to know by experience the love of God. And so what he knows is, is that if you know the love of God, if you get a taste of the love of God, guess what? You're going to know God because why? God is love. You know, you can say so much about God. You know, volumes, encyclopedias, libraries are full of all the things we can know about God. But John, who probably knew Jesus better than any of his disciples, who knew him face-to-face, who knew him firsthand in a personal way, wrote the one characteristic of God. He boiled it down to the essence of who God is. God is love, 1 John 4, 8. So if you know a taste, a drop, an instance of the love of God, you know God. And every time you know that in a new way, you know God in a new way and become more deeply, more intimately, and progressively acquainted with him. So we want to open our hearts to the idea that, yes, God wants us to know this. He doesn't want us to put all these barriers up about, well, you know, if I only and if I only and if, if I could only and if I did this, this, and this, and this, and if, 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 and if this hadn't happened, if this wasn't in my past, or if I wasn't afraid about that, then I could know the love of God. Well, let's stop. Let's stop doing all that. Let's lay that stuff down. Let's not lean on all these, you know, religious and, frankly, um, deceptive thoughts. They're not consistent with the biblical truth God knows how much we need him and he wants us to have his love to meet us in those places of need so um now that's what I mean when I say the we've got to surrender to that love I think um John the Baptist is the one that said in John 3.30, he must increase and I must decrease. The only way that we're going to have a place for the love of God to go is when we make room for it. Like That's the reason we sang that song today. We've got to set aside some of the things we're currently leaning on, some of the places we're going to to look for love in order to make room for the love of God. And so that's that's our challenge. And I think that's been our challenge all along, and I think it's the, the fire's heating up, isn't it? I think everybody's feeling that a little bit. And so what Paul writes, and I think it's a double entendre, he says in this prayer, he says, I want you to know the love of God that is beyond knowing, is beyond comprehension. And so he's saying two things when he says that. He's saying, you know what? You'll never get to the end of it. It's so high. It's so deep. It's so long. It's so wide. That is, there's, you can't go anywhere that it can't get to. You can't go anywhere that it won't cover. There's no direction in life you can turn that his love will not be there. He wants you to know that, but he also wants you to know, and it's so, so, so much better than just knowing about God. And so he writes to his Corinthians brothers and sisters in 1 Corinthians 1, and this is the Amplified. Mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up, to bear themselves loftily, and to be proud. But love 
affection and goodwill and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. So what he's saying is we won't be stunted. We won't be self-righteous. We won't be proud. We won't be self-reliant. We won't be know-it-alls. That as we come to him with just that relational humility, able to receive. Y'all, receiving's hard. It's a hard challenge. Um, But I think it's worth the challenge. It takes courage to receive. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that because I'm learning this the hard way (laughs) right now. But um, I wanted to mention this phrase that he says, uh, I think it's verse 18, he says, that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints all these dimensions of God's love. Well, I did some research on that. What does that little phrase mean? And there's a lot written on that, but I'm going to shuck it down to a couple of sentences here. Um, Well, let me just quote John Stott, because I think he said it beautifully. He said that we need the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. All the saints together, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, young and old, black and white, with all their varied backgrounds and experiences. So because we are confined to flesh and blood, because we're sensory beings, because touch means something to us, because sight means something to us, because sound means something to us, because we occupy time and space, it's really, it was important to God, and I think it's brilliant on his part, to part of the way we understand the height, breadth, width, and length of God's love is to one another through the body of Christ, through God's people. You may not can, you know, I have so many people say, well, Kathy, gosh, I wish I understood the love of God like you do. And I'm going, well, yeah, I bet you do more than you think you do. And because so much of the love of God comes to us through others. So your pastor on Sunday, your neighbor, maybe a family member, your small group member, whoever it is that knows God and who's has that indwelling Christ and who displays just one little act of love is God loving you. That's God loving you. So let's take that into account too, is that we can thank God when a person comes alongside us. That's a gift of God. Every good and perfect thing it says in the book of James comes from God. And from our Father. So let's do a little listening here to kind of help us get in touch with God's love. Uh, I'm just I'm just wanting God to stir. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings to mind all he's taught us, it says in John. So let's just pray that he'll do that. Holy Spirit, uh, in this listening exercise, we ask you to bring to mind a time when we were encouraged or made more secure or prodded to greater maturity because... We experienced your love, either directly from you or through another person. Just, Lord, maybe the most recent instance or maybe the only instance we can think of, Lord, just whatever you want to remind us of.
And Lord, I just want to ask you, we know that sometimes because it is so hard for us to receive, that we just need your help, Holy Spirit, to enable us to yield to your love. Lord, we want to know every dimension of your love, so we want to ask you to help us to do that, to every dimension, to the height, to the depth, to the width, to the breadth of your love, so that we would know you more deeply and more intimately. So, Lord, would you just show us places in our lives where we don't yield to your love, places where we've put some kind of barricade or wall up against your love. Hopefully, if you were able to get in touch with just one little place, hopefully you could just write till the day, you know, was over about all the ways that you've experienced God's love. But that is the place that Paul writes. He uses a mixed metaphor here that he wants us to be rooted and grounded in that love. So he's talking about an architect. He's talking about somebody in the world of agriculture and saying that is the basis for our lives. It's the love of God. He wants that to be the basis for our lives that everything of our lives would spring from the love of God. And wouldn't that make a difference if that's how we actually, you know, if we look through the lens of love and and just that really heart knowing and believing how much God loves us, would that change something in your life? Particularly in that area that you may be resisting him? I think it would. So just, it's a challenge, y'all. This is a challenge. And you would think, well, well, let's all just go swimming in the swimming pool of God's love, you know, because that's how I visualize the love of God when he mentions the height, depth, width, and breadth of it. It's just a big old river. You know, I just think of it as a river. And and we know that uh, Revelation pictures that, Ezekiel pictures that, that there's a river that flows from the throne of God. And if it's God's river, it's got to be a river of love, you know. But it it's challenging. To step into that sometimes. We're fearful. We've had times in our lives where we've taken a step toward love and it hadn't worked out the way we wanted it to. You know, so so just know that it sounds really f- fabulous and fun and exciting, but that it is normal to feel a little bit of resistance there. And that we just want to be aware of that so we can tackle it and go, well, what's that about? What's that resistance about? Because I don't want to live with that. I want to break down the walls of that. I want Holy Spirit to come and identify what's behind that. And then let's pray. Let's do our prayer in such a way, our prayer life in such a way that we, you know, do some battle against those things. Because it's worthy of our time and our effort, I believe. So, okay, the next thing Paul talks about is that we would be filled up with all the fullness of God. Well, so let me just say that if we're filled up with all the fullness of God, we'd be filled up with the full measure of God's love. I mean, just saying. And so Paul's praying that. I mean, just think that the prayers of the saints are like incense before God, it says in the book of Revelation. Paul's prayer is still valid today. Just think how many times this prayer has been prayed. 
and that we're one of all the saints. So think about how many times a saint has prayed, starting with Paul, that we would be filled up with all the fullness of God. And I just want to take that to the bank and say, Lord, that sounds impossible. And Paul just kind of said it is kind of impossible, but it's something that we can enjoy the process because that's exactly what we're in the middle of is a process. This life on this earth is a process. We call it a journey. We call it a path. Whatever you want to call it, it is a process. So the great news is we can have some experience of it today and then again tomorrow and then again the next day and we'll never get to the end of it. I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, growing older with Jesus is that I've got that to look forward to in my old age. I can tell you my 95-year-old mother, she knows the love of God in a way I don't know it because she's lived a lot longer than I have. You know, so it's, there's always an opportunity if there's a day, to know the love of God in a new way, in his fullness. And so I want to suggest, because as I meditated on this, what what hit me was Paul wouldn't be praying for fullness if he didn't realize that we had some emptiness on, on the inside. And I'm glad to tell you all that I feel that at times. I feel empty sometimes. I'm just thinking, you know, dry, empty, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes I'm just not in touch with the love, the fullness, the, the, just that relational warmth, connection, whatever you want to say. And so what are, what are some signs of that? I think it'll just, you know, maybe this will alert us when we're in that place to go, oh, wait, I don't have to stay here. I've got the love of God that is beyond knowing. It reaches to every corner of the universe and furthermore, I've got access to the fullness of God himself. Okay, wait, I don't have to stay here. So if you've got lack of joy, I've given you scriptures for all of these. I won't read them all, but uh, lack of joy is a surefire wake up that you, there may be some emptiness going on there because God is also joy. Free of the spirit is joy. Uh, physical and emotional exhaustion. I am going to read this one because I thought it was outstanding. I found this in the message. Psalm 31, 9 says, I've cried my eyes out. I feel hollow inside. My life leaks away, groan by groan. My years fade out in size. My troubles have worn me out, turned my bones to powder. That was starting to feel kind of personal for me, I just need to say. (laughs) Um, um, But I do think that thing about leaks, we're going to talk about those in just a minute, but but y'all, I mean, if we have the opportunity to be filled with the fullness of God and that, that we know that's, a, uh, that's an option. I mean, that is a God-ordained option because this is a God-inspired verse that we're studying and a God-inspired prayer that we can be filled with the fullness. Well, that just implies that there, we can have leaks. And so we want to be aware of that and go, where's the leak? You know, we had a ginormous leak in our backyard and that we had, I cannot tell you, how many dollars we spent on plumbers and irrigation specialists, and we eventually got the people from the waterworks out there, and then they sent somebody that's a water engineer person, the guy, and you know what ended up happening? We had our whole backyard plowed up because we had ourselves a leak, and we couldn't find it. And guess what? Our yard's looking better this year than it, well, actually, after that freeze in December, it's not looking as good as it did the year before. But I will say my yard's looking a lot better than it did before. But guess what? There's still a leak there. 
we're still not sure where that lake's come from. There's just this, you know, so I think that's a fabulous picture of how we just learn to live with leaks. We just have these places in our lives that we just get used to. It's kind of our normal. Just, you know, watch that spot in the yard because it's really wet down there. You might slip down or, you know, don't run the lawnmower over if you'll get stuck. You know, you just, it's just our normal. We just have a soggy place in our backyard. Well, y'all, we don't have to live that way. I mean, I don't know how to fix the leak in my backyard, but I do know how to go to the Lord with the leaks in my life, just like we did in that workshop and just like we've done week after week um, in our listening prayers, because God knows. Um, whenever we're fe feeling fearful, I did not put the, this doesn't go with this verse, but I'm going to say the word ashamed, um, because fear and shame to me are sort of on the same continuum. Worry, or when you're feeling lack of courage, um, God says his love is the antidote to that. You know, God did not give us a spirit uh, that makes us afraid or timid, but a spirit of this, but a spirit or the spirit of power and love and self-control, self-discipline, or good judgment. So God's love is the answer to those things. We need to, to get tanked back up with it. Um, when we feel distant from the Lord, that's something's leaked. It's time to get a fresh drink. Uh, and then reverting to our old fleshly ways. And I do want to read this verse also from the message. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 says, As long as you grab for what makes you feel good or make you, makes you look important, are you really much different than a babe at the breast, content only when everything's going your way? Well, y'all, our fleshly ways are quick fixes to feel better. But they're not the deep, intimate knowing that Paul is talking about. They're not the fullness of God that Paul is praying for us. And so what we often do is we pick these lesser things to fill us ourselves up when we're feeling empty. And I've got my own list, and you've got your own list. I'm sure you know what yours are. Uh, we're going to ask the Lord to kind of put his finger on one or two of those this morning here in a second. But... I believe that if we will stop and take account of these places where we do have that sense of emptiness and these behaviors and attitudes and emotions or tip-offs, that we can, we can go get a better type of feeling and a better um, type of drink or satisfaction. So let's, let's listen one more time um, and ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please reveal anything that I've been leaning on besides you in an attempt to satisfy my inner thirst. Okay, and then let's ask the Lord. Uh, Father, I just come to you now, praying for each one of us. 
we pray that you would bring us to the point of being willing, Lord. Make us willing to be willing if we're not willing today. Lord, that we would either limit or eliminate those things that leave us thirsty, Lord. And that we would do that not for the sake of depriving ourselves, but for the sake of having really, really deep satisfaction and our deepest needs met. Lord, those inner needs that we've been talking about in the core of our being of being seen and known and belonging that can only be met by you, Lord. We just pray that you would give us eyes to see it and that you would give us hearts to believe you in those places. And Lord, if there's anything you want to say to us right now, we just want to be still and quiet for a few more seconds. In Jesus' name. Um, and that's something that I know that you could probably work on all week, and I hope you will work, spend some time in your devotional time um, asking the Lord about that. Um, I wanted to bring up a scripture that is just talking about a place to root and ground yourself. It's this invitation that Jesus gives in John 7, 37 through 38. And I'm sure Paul must have been thinking. There's lots of great scriptures on um, come, I think there's one in Isaiah 55, and there's a, a, in the Old Testament that Paul surely had in mind when he wrote this, but surely he knew these words of Jesus. And I, I love hearing it straight from Jesus. And so this is what, um, what John records for us. He says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he of the Spirit, this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So and that's hard to read because it's King James, but I chose King James on purpose because it uses the word belly. And I, I wanted to really, I wanted to get your attention with that word, and I've loved this ever since I heard it many years ago, is that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. When you do the uh, original language search about Jesus' words here, what that word means, out of your belly, means out of your hollow place. Does that not say empty to you? Think about what your belly is. It's a container for something to drink. It's a container for something to eat. It's a hollow place where you put the nourishment that you need to sustain you. And so it's out of your belly that Jesus is saying, I stand at the ready. If you are thirsty, if you are empty, if you are hungry, if you are afraid, if you are alone, if you are sad, come to me. I have what you need, and I can pour it into you. By the Spirit, at that time, had not been given, is what that last little 
little paragraph meant is that that at that time they were waiting on the Holy Spirit and that's one of the last things he said he says but wait go and wait until the Spirit is poured out on you in the day of Pentecost and so but we hey we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit from the moment we became believers from the moment that we came into Christ we've been sealed with the Spirit remember we read that in the first chapter of Ephesians talking about all those riches that are ours and so he's saying out of the core of who we are all those deep core needs that we were designed to experience that only God can meet he can come if we will come to him he will in turn pour into us and that out of the overflow of the spirit in us there's going to overflow rivers of living water. So it's a really beautiful picture. That's how his love gets splashed out on other people because he's pouring it into us, and then it comes on out of us as an overflow of what he's given to us. And, you know, I say it pretty regularly, but I don't think it hurts to say at this point that we can't give away what we haven't received. Receiving's hard, but it's worth it. It really is worth it. So um, so coming to Jesus and drinking is an act of faith. And I, I don't know, this is a new phrase that I've thought about a lot this year. I don't know, I've read some devotional or blog or something that talked about just coming to Jesus to get a sip, just take it a drink, drink from that river. It's like in prayer, in, in worship time, just think of yourself as drinking of the Lord. And it's been like, I mean, you know, hydration's a big thing. Name, name a health problem. Name a topic in life. Take, take anything. I mean, yard work to travel to health issues. They all, I mean, kind of like the first, second, or third thing they tell you to do is be well hydrated. <laughs> right? Am I right? So how much more do we want to be well hydrated in our spiritual life, in our bellies. We need to be well hydrated with the things of the Spirit because we'll function so much better. Do y'all know what it feels like? It's that thing, you just keep thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm so thirsty. Those pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> I remember Forrest Gump. You know, just that feeling, I am just so thirsty on a hot day. I want something cold and wet, you know. And that our souls are crying out in the same way for that, for that kind of satisfaction. And as we come to him to drink, this is what fullness looks like, and I love that this is an Old Testament uh, scripture. In Isaiah 58, 11, it says, The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Okay, y'all, that is a promise. You can pray that. You can pray that and say, Lord, you've promised. And so I'm coming to you. I want to be, that's what I want my life to look like. And he's saying that's what I want it to look like. So we're in agreement. So how about let's do that, you know. And just like physical hydration, it's something that we have to go back and back and back. You can't just drink your water in the morning and think that's going to do it for the whole day. It's, it's kind of that thing you just, it's kind of, a habit and a mindset that you have to develop that's kind of a constant. And and not, again, not a duty, you know, because prayer, we're talking about prayer here. I mean, that's, 
It's like just keeping that open mic and that open conversation with the Lord. That is drinking from him, y'all. Coming to Jesus, is just, I mean, that's just prayer. And I think people make such a big deal about your prayer life. Well, if you're keeping your mind and your heart open to the Lord and just that he's right there, you're drinking of him and you're praying. It just takes some of that you know, duty part out of it, if you can look at it that way. Okay. Um, I want to talk about that last verse, Ephesians 3.20. Okay, this is another one of those. Paul, you know, if Paul got um, royalties for all the verses that he got on T-shirts and mugs, <laughs> this guy would be in the money because Ephesians 3.20 may be the one. You know, how many emails do y'all get that say, Ephesians 3.20 at the bottom, that God, you know, to God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ever ask or imagine, you know. Well, let's look at it in context because really it's better than it sounds on the T-shirt, I think, if you look at it in context. And that is the love of God that is higher and longer and wider and deeper than you can ever get to the end of. He can give that, that is yours. He's able to give you that exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever hope to think or imagine. That's pretty good. How about fullness? You you need some fullness in places you're empty, some places you don't know what to do, some places you're feeling in the dark, some places you may have lost heart, some places where you may be feeling like, I'm inadequate. All the fullness of God, all the power of God, every bit of who he is, you can be filled up to all the fullness of that exceedingly, abundantly greater than you could ever hope to ask or think. I think that's a pretty stout thing he's saying. So what is he saying? He's saying God is, I mean, Jesus came to give you abundant life, so let's ask for it. Let's drink of it. Let's believe that it's ours. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. And that is contingent on us coming and drinking and coming and drinking and coming and drinking again, right? But the water that I give him will become in him, out of his belly, a spring of water satisfying his thirst for God, welling up continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. So it starts now, and we just get to enjoy it forever. John 414 amplifies where that was found. So, and Paul takes off of uh, Isaiah, I believe it's 64, that um, talks about this same idea, and then he prays it, he writes it in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man can imagine, what God has prepared for those who love him. Like, my paraphrase of this is you can't make this stuff up. You really can't make up the way God meets you in any given day, in any given situation. He will out-imagine you every time. And so I, I wanted to get practical here. How do I get full and stay full? I think that's a good question for us to ask. I mean, great idea, Kathy. Now, how do you do that? Well, here's six ideas, and I think all of these are sound. 
that we just as you would make a hydration plan and you know how at the first of the year everybody gets a new water bottle <laughs> you know that's in everybody's stocking right because we need to do better hydrating or if you didn't get one in your stock and then you go to the you know outdoor store and you get the coolest water bottle because if you think it's cute then maybe you'll bring it right okay so we need to just we just need to plan for it we need to make a plan we need to make a provision and it needs to fit your needs. Like if my water bottle doesn't fit in my purse, then I'm not going to carry it, right? If it doesn't fit in my cup holder, it's not going to make it on the trip. So we need to just say, Lord, I really do want some of that fullness. I really do want to experience your love. I really do want that abundance. So help me to examine my life and say, where does that happen? I like. And it changes, y'all. I, 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 I used to think, and, and it, just, it did change over time. There was a season when I did my personal time with the Lord at a certain time. When I had little bitty kids, it's like you can't get up earlier than them. What is the deal there? But the Lord really did help me beat them up almost every day of their lives at some point because I started praying that. Um, Lord, just would you wake me up? I ask that, and sometimes I mean, golly, don't I mean, don't pray that if you don't mean it, because I got up at some pretty crazy times. But I will say, I had so much energy, and I really did have just the the clarity and the quiet I needed to hear from Him. Um, as I've aged, as my home environment has changed. Um, my habits have changed, and so it's changed again. So now I've got to get my house empty. I can't, that other thing didn't work for me anymore. So now it's, and, and it's not, there's no wrong way. So I'm just encouraging you, do not, you know, it, this is not a law. This is just an opportunity. So you ask, and it, it just needs to be your size. Um, number two, and this is, why is this hard, y'all? Limit the stressors that are draining. Remember those leaks? What is draining you? Where is it hurting? Where is it thirsty? Where is it dry? Where do, are you consistently angry and frustrated? Maybe that's the place you need to say, Lord, is this something that is your idea for my life? Is this an old something that I need to get rid of? Is there something that's attached to this that I need to deal with in terms of my mindset? Just because here's the thing. If you don't get the drink you need, if you don't get the satisfaction and abundance and love you need from the Lord, you can't feel your other calls very well. It just doesn't work. It doesn't. And so I sent a series of, you know, my, I've, I've got limitations right now because of my health and I'm, my mobility is reduced. I sent a series of emails and texts and phone calls in the last couple of weeks saying, hey, I know I said I'd do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but I can only do A and B right now. So... I just needed to let you know that, and if you want my name off of this list, then great, just let me know. And the Lord, and I just prayed, you know, I prayed before I did that. That wasn't a, I'm drawing the line in the sand with you people, and don't do, you know, it wasn't that. It was, a, hey, I don't, I don't want to do what I say. I want to say what I mean. And 
the Lord, I just said, Lord, you know, if you, if it's time for me to stop doing this particular thing I'm doing, because I can't meet the metrics here, I can't hit these marks, then would you show me? And I felt like he gave me a really, really 100% on every front. The response to every one of those was absolutely not. And, I, and it was like, okay, I mean, that's what I wanted to do, but I just needed to know. And you know what that does? That takes the, that takes the baseball bat out of Satan's hand when you do that, okay? Because if, if you can't do it with joy, if you can't do it with energy, then you need to ask why not. Does that make sense? Because we don't want that leaking going on. Okay, number three, identify leaks. I think I basically just said that one. But I, let me just add to that by saying, you know, we've talked a lot about triggers and overreactions and those emotional, you know, woo, that was, that was about a two, and I'm giving you about a ten right now. Let's continue paying attention to those because those probably mean that you have some unmet needs from childhood or some other point in your life that need to be addressed and I'm going to just tell y'all I hope this is not bad news to you I when I first heard this information I'm about to give you I wish I hadn't been accountable for it <laughs> but you're now going to be accountable for it but it's better to know is that this is a lifetime I am still working through some of the scenes of my childhood because they're still impacting my today's I, I, I don't have a bunch of new stories. that Y'all have probably heard a lot of my stories two or three times by now because my story is my story. But s- clearly I need to be going back and revisiting those mindsets because they're still impacting me. So we just want to be open to doing that. Please, please ask your leader, please ask me if you need help with that because it is so worth your attention. I promise the freedom and the love, and the just uncluttered,ness and quiet that comes from that is amazing and so worth it. Um, letting the Holy Spirit just identify which one of these needs. So I've given you the long list here, the one we had on the workshop day, being seen being heard, being understood, being accepted, being valued, being loved, being taught, being protected, being provided for, being adequate, and engaging in play and recreation. That's the expanded list of our core needs that we needed to receive between ages 1 to 12. I I just want us to stay open to, oh, maybe that is what's driving the leak. You know, so just, again, I'm kind of repeating there. And then on number five, ask the Father for a fresh filling of the Spirit. And I'm referencing Luke 11, 13. That's the verse where Jesus said, you know, earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more does your Father in heaven, how much more willing is he to give you the Holy Spirit when you ask him? It's not that the Holy Spirit's gone anywhere. It's just that you may have lost touch with him, gotten disconnected with him, gotten distracted from him. And just to ask for a fresh dose, a fresh drink of the Spirit. And that kind of combats that whatever condemnation or, you know, accusation or whatever thing is going. It's just to ask because, well, you know that's God's will. And then lastly, 
We talked and ended last week with a word that sustains the weary, Isaiah 50, verse 4 is the reference for that, is that God's word is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce asunder between joint and marrow and soul and spirit and expose the motives of men's heart. And the Holy Spirit will take the word of God and he will personalize it to you as you sit in his word. There is nothing, nothing, nothing like sitting with your Bible open before the Lord and him all of a sudden lighting up a, a scripture. I, I will say my Bible page doesn't light up every single day. Sometimes the Lord has me rehearsing the same things he's been saying. He'll get on a theme with me, and he wants me to stay on it. He won't, it'll be like, but wait, I want something new. Well, no, you hadn't learned the last thing. Go back to your last thing that he said, you know, because you still don't have that one down pat. So either way, the last fresh thing he said or the fresh thing he says are all the things that we need to be sustained for this journey. I want to tell you a little bit about what this has looked at like on me. Um, I kind of got the clue um, as I was studying this prayer in these last few weeks, in these last two or three weeks, that Paul, remember, he's writing from that Roman prison, and I sort of forget that sometimes. But because of my own personal circumstances, I've been highly reminded of that. And I'm, I'm wanting to write a book that's called Prayers for People Under Pressure. <laughs> because I think that's what Paul, Paul was in a time of tribulation. Do not lose heart. I, I left that off this week. It was verse 13, Ephesians 3, 13 says, Do not lose heart because of my tribulation on your behalf. This is a man under tribulation. Tribulation means pressure and squeezing. Remember that two pace to getting the life getting squeezed out of him so Paul is writing from a place of pressure Paul had a thorn in the flesh we studied that in semester one a thorn is long-standing it's painful and the purpose of it it may not be originated from God but God will use it for his better purposes, which is to develop depth of relationship with you, and he will use it to develop more refined and more Christ-like character in you. So think about Paul. He had this thorn in the flesh, and he was in this tribulation prison spot. And so I can only imagine that the source of the prayers that he's pouring out of his pen are God, I need to be filled up with all your fullness. Come, Lord. Don't you know that's how he needed to write that? Don't you know he was going, Lord, I know you're infinite. I know the word says that there's no end to who you are and that your love reaches to the bottom of the sea and, and it takes my sin as far as the east is from the west. I need to know that today. I'm in this prison. I'm stuck with this stinking guard right here. I am desperate for your love. Don't you know that that's how he need to write that? That's how he need to pray that. And so that Paul's very tribulation and pressure and squeezing and suffering were his ministry. That was Paul's ministry. That is what he had to endure 
for the sake of being able to write to us in Romans 5, as we studied several weeks ago, rejoice in your tribulation because guess what? It's productive. It produces patience, endurance, proven character, and hope. And furthermore, we can pray that the love of God would flood you. We can pray that every spiritual blessing that's in the heavenlies would be ours in Christ because it is, and that we can know the power of the resurrection because we have it, and we can ask for the indwelling of the risen Christ, and we can ask for strength in our inner men when we need it most. And how did he know that? Because he was weak, and he was empty, and he was lonely, and he was probably sad. And he may have been scared, y'all. I don't know what he was feeling. He didn't write his feelings down, but he wrote to God, this is what I need, Lord, and this is what I need my people to know. And every person after me needs to know these same things, y'all. That's what I need to know. That's what you need to know. This has been very humbling as I felt so weak, so inadequate, so distracted, so unable to focus and concentrate because my leg hurts. And I'm so sorry to even mention that because I know there are people who have diseases that they'll never get rid of. You know, there's people that have diseases that they're going to die of. I'm just going to get better, hopefully, you know. But it's getting me in touch with the fact that that is making me let go of the things I've been leaning on, y'all. And I just confess that to you, that I've been leaning on my own strength. I've been leaning on my own energy. I've been leaning on my own ideas. I've been leaning on my independence and my ability to do for my own self. And, y'all, I'm having to make room. I'm having to make room for God because I don't have it anymore. You know, I don't, I'm, I've come to the end of that place. And I know that, that as Paul came to the end of himself, that's how he knew. Oh, I need God. I need to lean on him. And so now I'm literally leaning on a cane. You know, who saw that coming? <laughs> well, I, obviously God did, you know. But he, Paul learned to lean because he had to, y'all. And, you know, I think we have the opportunity. I'll say I'm pretty decent on leaning in some areas. But the areas I'm probably pretty decent at leaning are the ones that I went through something to learn how to lean there. Hate to tell y'all that, but that's probably the truth, right? You know, that the that is what I call the frying pan of life, that no believer is worth a lot in the kingdom until they've been through the frying pan. I mean, you know, that gives them that beautiful patina and that, you know, that surface, <laughs> that... that um, allows it to be, allows a, a, the believer to be useful. So um, we have to set aside our own power. We have to be willing to surrender it. And um, and what I consider to be my ability to love people, I can just tell you that in this season, my ability to just turn on the love for somebody has been lower. It's being real. And... Um, my ability to be content has been less. My ability to um, get filled up has been less. But the Lord has been faithful, and he has um, 
very, very consistently given me drink after drink after drink after drink and kept me hydrated. Um, there's this one song. And it's kind of like, he, he kind of will, we kind of go in waves on this river of God's love. You know, he's given me this one song and these three Bible verses. And it's been a pretty regular diet of this one song and these three Bible verses. And it's just kind of like, okay, if I can just get to my spot and get my one song and my three Bible verses in and just focus on that for a little while, that inner strength that I need can come and that fullness and that love, I can get a taste of it. And so... I've been doing those, um, and then there come those moments where I'm reminded of something, or I feel led to pick up a book or the, my Bible, and there it is. There's that fresh word. There's that that next thing that the Lord wants to say to me that is like, oh God, I need that so badly, and it's just so much more dear and precious when you're in that place. So I I had one of those yesterday. And I wanted to share it. Um, I was singing my one song. Uh, for anybody that wants a one song to sing, you're going to say, Kathy, this is an outdated song. And I hate this Bible verse. <laughs> but it is. Um, it, is my, it is my place where I am right now. And it's this, the verse that it uh, sings about is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. Which is... As I said at the beginning, the whole point of this whole leaning is to know him, right? So be still and know that I am God. So I am just having to remind myself and remind myself and remind myself through this song. Don Moen, I don't even know if the man's still alive, but he sings this killer version of that song. And there's some guy who made the video on YouTube that is the one that I look at every time. And you know how some of these YouTube videos we look at, they'll have on the little bridge where there's no words going. It'll have a Bible verse. And um, toward the end of this, I happen to, I usually have my eyes closed when I'm singing, but <clears throat> I looked up, and there in red letters on the screen, Psalm 37, 7. And this is what it said. It said... Be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for him and patiently lean on him. And I am not kidding. And I laugh out loud. It's just, it was like, I just was going, it's like, you can't make this stuff up. Exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever hope to ask for thing. I wasn't praying for a lean Bible verse yesterday. I just needed a drink. I just needed a drink of Jesus. And he gave me a lean Bible verse and made me laugh, and it was good medicine, and I felt so loved by God. That's all I needed. That is all I needed. I just needed to know, I'm here. I see you. I understand what you're going through, and I'm here for you. You belong to me, and I belong to you, and you're going to be okay. So I hope that gives you just a little bit of idea about the surrender that may be required for you to get that dose of God's love and fullness to that spot that can't seem to get satisfied and I'm understanding that better and I hope you don't have to go any, through anything to to get to it but maybe you went through something before that we need to address so either way um, we stand ready to walk with you through this learning to lean process, and it is a process. And let's just remember that we're 
as we're doing this, that the whole premise is this, is that we would not lean on our understanding, but acknowledge him in all our ways, and that he would make our path straight. And I do believe that my path will be straight, and hopefully my gate will be straight at the end of this particular tribulation, and I I praise God for that. And I just love y'all. I'm for y'all. I'm praying these prayers for you all, and I encourage you to pray them for yourself. And let's just close, and then um, we'll do our one thing. Father, um, thank you so much for your scriptures. Thank you for the life of Paul that was lived out before us in your word. Thank you that he was um, a man that knew much failure, Lord. And I, I thank you, Lord, that you chose someone like him to write these prayers and to write these scriptures. Lord, because we can really identify with his weakness and his failings. We can identify with what must have been uh, hard to get past guilt and shame, condemnation. Um, Father, we identify with his pride and his self-reliance and his religious uh, ways of dealing with things and knowing all the right things to say. Lord, we can identify with his um, resistance and desiring to get out from under physical and emotional stress and praying to have that thorn removed over and over again. And yet, Lord, we see what you gave him was even greater than the removal of a thorn, Lord, that you gave him your grace. You gave him your strength. You gave him your power. You said, my power, Paul, is perfected in your weakness. And, Lord, thank you that you say that to each one of us, is that, Lord, that if we would just bring our empty, weak, confused, and even rebelling places to you, Lord, we could just lay them down. We can just lay it down and surrender it to you, Lord, and we can um, just relax and receive. Lord, help us to have the courage to do that. Help us to take the risk that we would make room for your love, that we would make room for your fullness, Lord, that you would remind us to take a drink of your living water. Lord, that when we're feeling thirsty and dry and empty, Lord, that you would, Holy Spirit, remind us of what we've learned. And that, Lord, you would cause us in every place that we're feeling pressure and being squeezed or we're suffering or confused, or in the dark, Lord, that you would um, bring these words and these truths to bear, Lord, the truth that you are a God of love. That's who you are, Lord, and we want to know that. We want to know your love that's beyond knowing, Lord, so would you show us the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of it, Lord? Would you show us how incredibly full you can make us by your Spirit, And, Lord, would you do it in a way that so exceeds and is so abundantly more than we can even hope to ask, Lord, would you do that for each one of us? Would would you give us eyes that are flooded with light, Lord, so that we would experience it, Lord, not only experience it, but would recognize it when it comes, Lord. And that, Lord, we would not despise the day of small things, that even just a silly word on a page that means something to us, Lord, is just... You know what we need, Lord, and so we trust you, Lord. We just say by faith, we trust you. We trust you with this thing and these things that we're going through, and we ask you, Lord, for us to open wide and make room for your love right there, and we just thank you, Holy Spirit, because you're the one who enables us to do it. We just believe that you will. 
And we ask it in Jesus' name and according to his word. Amen.